0: Hush! What's that whisper on the wind? Can you hear it? Sounds like deep chats about the big issues facing marketing leaders. Why, that must mean we found it. CMO convo. And funnily enough, the topic of listening is very important to today's episode, as we're joined by Mary Costa, co-founder and CMO of health and well-being brand Better and Better, to talk about the voice of the customer and how it relates to the CMO role. And we're not just talking about how CMOs need to listen to customers to help with their marketing. We're talking about how the CMO is the perfect person to take charge of creating a customer-focused culture across an entire organization. Why CMOs? Why listen to customers? And is this the opportunity for you to really lay down the law to other department heads for once? Listen on and find out. Hi, Mary. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. I'm very excited for this conversation. Thanks for having me, Will.
0: Well, thank you for joining us, Mary, because it's a a topic conversation that's very important to CMOs, and that's the role of customer feedback and sort of being the voice of the customer within organizations, because at the end of the day, are organizations anything without their customers? Um, But before we do dig into that, Mary, maybe you could tell us a bit about yourself and tell us about why we're speaking about this topic today.
1: Sure. Happy to. I'm Mary. Um, I am the CMO and co-founder at Better and Better. We are an early stage uh, venture-backed startup that makes personal care products that make our health better um, and the world better. So our first product market is a two-in-one toothpaste. So it's a clean, natural, organic toothpaste that is infused with vitamins. Um, And so we're striving to really um, add value, solve problems for customers, um, and make their health better.
0: So, with a a welfare welfare brand brand like this, of course, customer feedback and taking on customer insights into the product is going to be very, very important. Since um, as a CMO and a founder, um, do you find you're getting a real seat at the table when it comes to sort of developing the brand at this early stage? Because we talk to a lot of CMOS and early stage um, startups and. Oftentimes, they're the, they're the last C suite hire. So it's interesting hearing about hearing from someone who's coming in right at the ground level of the marketing uh, in the marketing function.
1: Yeah. So um, I would say that has been my experience in the past. So prior to Better and Better, um, I started my career at a, a direct marketing database firm that really specialized in working with brands on customer retention and loyalty. Um, an analysis, which is really sort of where my foundational marketing professional career began, really thinking about the voice of the customer and who customers were and how that really impacted the long tail of business. Um, and as my career kind of went on uh, and grew, I, I moved into larger organizations. and, yes, marketing uh, was often the last seat at the table. In fact, my role prior to better and better, Um, I joined an early stage startup as well. And again, it was sort of after a venture raise and it was said, okay, you know, it's time you really need to bring in a CMO level marketing hire. Um, And that's how I came to that organization. And so having that role only sort of, as you point out, the last hire that kind of come in, it's time to put on the, put on the big boy pants. It, um it kind of puts you in an interesting position. You have people that have been building a brand for years, potentially. They're really invested in it. Um, and voice of the customer, which we'll obviously get into, is incredibly powerful when you are that role because it lets you really jump in and understand the business From the customer point of view, as opposed to sort of all of those internal stakeholders, especially at the C-suite level that sometimes are, you know, just very, especially in a startup, emotionally invested um, in this business. And so now this role for me, the reason I joined Better and Better from day one in this capacity was that I, as a marketer, had a seat at that table from day one um, and fundamentally believing both that the customer and marketing brand development um, as you build a contemporary modern company needs to be there from day one, getting to build this brand, design this voice, understand the messaging and the problems we were solving um, and integrate that throughout our business was really powerful to me. And and that's kind of how how I've ended up here um but what makes it exciting because not only do I get to do the marketing that I love but also I have a hand in product development um as well as business development um overall
0: fantastic it's great to hear Mary because yeah as I said we hear so much about CMOs being sort of the afterthought in the C-suite not not the afterthought that's a wrong way of putting it sort of The last thing that's essential to a company whereas we're seeing more and more startups taking this approach where they're taking a brand first or a marketing first approach and it's proven to be very effective and hopefully as part of this conversation we can show why having customer feedback and the voice of the customer right from day one can be incredibly powerful of course maybe not day one because you need to actually have some customers in place to do that but as early as possible um so let's start relatively like foundationally, I'm sure a lot of our audience are thinking we're preaching to the converted with this kind of talk, but why is it important for the CMO to be a major part of the customer feedback loop? Like, why are they the best person in the organization to be involved in this?
1: Yeah, I think different organizations have um, variety of structures that depends on size, but ultimately the CMO and the marketing function overall owns a lot of your data um that is direct customer data that is um sort of you know third party customer data and insights from campaigns they might be running messaging tests how they're observing shopping behavior on your websites um even how your retailers want to market the product if you're in stores things like that so marketing overall owns a lot of data and that data ultimately is customer data, right? That is the voice of the customer. And so whether they are uh, by function, ultimately designed to be the voice of the customer and that's explicit role for a CMO, um, even if that's not the case, they are inherently the owner of this data. And really your voice of the customer, um, they're also often the ones equipped to sort of pull it all together. Marketing is an amazing function in that you get to work with all different parts of your company. You need to work with your product team. You need to work with your sales team. Obviously, other executives um, in terms of managing PLs and and finance. And so you're getting all of this um, coming together, which is what makes marketing at least fascinating at the CMO level for me. Um, And because you own the data, that's kind of what makes the CMO the perfect role to really espouse it to the organization.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I suppose as well, not to not to sound churlish or anything like that, but maybe it's a chance for the opportunity for CMOs to kind of get their own back and start feeding things back to other departments because they get so much input and so much oversight from product or sales in terms of how you do your strategies and how you how you basically run your department can be influenced very heavily from um, from other departments. So having the chance to tell them what to do for once must be um, quite an enjoyable experience. Um, I don't know if that's something that you feel, but I, I can just imagine that could be the case for some CMOs.
1: Yeah, I think owning that data is very empowering. Um, it, you know, you sort of arm yourself. So everybody has hunches, right? Everybody comes to the table with their priorities based on their role in the organization Um, and having as much data and as much customer data um, of various sources, which, you know, obviously there's lots of sources of customer data, some better than others um, or some that should be weighted more significantly than others in decision-making gives you as a CMO, the power sort of to say, Hey, you know, that assumption is correct. That assumption is incorrect. Here's what our customers are responding to or commenting on, as relation maybe to a product feature, or um, even some messaging as we're you know developing or iterating on product design, um, price, obviously. You know those those are all those data points coming to the table with that. And so actually, I you know I believe that understanding the voice of the customer is so important that whether you're stepping into a brand new role, like myself as a founder of Better and Better at the very, very beginning of a journey, whether you're coming into a new role from, you've know, you been hired into a company of any size or you're even being promoted. um, That like first 90 day period, everybody talks about what to do in 90 days, right? As a CMO, really getting your hands on as much voice of the customer data as possible really lets you kind of shape a view of what is the expectations of your customers, the experience that they're having, and being able to share that out with colleagues, with your marketing organization team, allows you to really kind of step into your role very quickly and, and own that
0: role. I found as well with that kind of data, it's it's very useful for getting rid of preconceptions that you might have about a brand like the worst thing you can do as a marketer or anyone who's in charge of a brand if you even if you're not in the marketing function but you're in charge of a brand because you haven't hired a cmo yet or something like that when you make assumptions about your customers when you make assumptions about what your customers want or what they like about your product or your brand chances are those assumptions are wrong because you're basing it purely on instinct on anecdotal evidence whereas Having data to back that up about what is about the brand that's strong, about what is the brand that's weak, like that is incredibly useful and incredibly, as you said, empowering um, to allow you to sort of, especially if I mean you're in a day one as the the voice of the customer and the and the marketing function. But for CMOs who are coming in later on in a startup's lifecycle, having that, having that data to back up why you need to make changes can be incredibly powerful and help you sort of establish yourself um quite early on. So that's definitely something to think about. Um, you mentioned certain types of data being more weighted than others. I assume that some of that will be based by sort of like different departments' needs, but maybe we can break it down in terms of like what is the most important customer data to the marketing function. And then maybe we can talk about other departments as well after that.
1: Sure. So I think when you're thinking about voice of the customer data of the various places that you're collecting this data, right? You're collecting it through social media, both listening to your customers there, um, as well as possibly responding. If you're advertising on these platforms, how are customers responding to your ads? It's a great testing ground, right? And that's important to gather customer um, voice of the customer data, right? You can have direct conversations with your customers. Obviously that's pretty popular and hot, especially in, you know, the startup culture, calling them, talking to them, hearing what they have to say, really listening, open-ended kind of conversations, surveys, um, other sources of direct customer feedback, whether that be support or product reviews, right? Comments on blogs or content that you might be publishing. And then there's, really sort of the sort of more objective, I would say, components of voice of the customer data. And that would be, you know, shopping behavior, purchase behavior. And so when we talk about like what's really important, um, I think first and foremost, your team having voice of the customer data with no goal or objective in mind as to like what you're looking for and what you want to do with it. It's just data for data's sake. So if you have no questions you really wanna ask, then you're gonna feel like you're spinning your wheels. And so what is the most important and the least important uh, voice of the customer data really I think depends on, yes, your seat within the organization, the questions you're trying to answer as related to that, but also size of your organization, stage of your company. Um, So just, I think, as an example, for me in my role as a founder, um, I am looking to our customers, especially in this early stage across many, many different areas, but product expectation is certainly one of them. We are looking for feedback on our product always so that we can iterate and define what our product roadmap is ultimately going to be. And so, things that are important to that, obviously, reviews, customer support, um, purchase behavior, repeat purchase behavior, because we are also a subscription subscription business. Um, now, I think one thing I'll say as related to sort of the priority of data, especially when dealing with product feedback, is the customers sometimes have a hard time articulating what it is that they like or don't like. Um, And that may also be knowing your product and what you're selling, your marketing. So Better and Better sells fundamentally at this stage of an essential good. We make toothpaste. Everybody brushes their teeth, or at least we hope they do twice a day. (laughs) It is one of your foundational keystone habits and so, knowing that, knowing that for most people, toothpaste is not a considered purchase yet. When they, exer- you know, they they purchase toothpaste and then they go to use it, it goes in their mouth. So it's ultimately very, very personal to them, right? And so, why they've purchased a product is sometimes hard for them to articulate because they're not considering it. For years, people just walked down the aisle. They picked up something that was, you know, just there. It was on sale, whatever it was. Their dentist recommended something to them. And so in the cart, it went. Then they taste it and it's like, I like this or I don't like this. And that's pretty much how that Mm -hmm. conversation or consideration went for a customer. And now um, we're trying to change that conversation So, when we talk to customers, getting them to articulate why they made a purchase or what's keeping them coming back, really getting to the underlying um, power in our case of ingredients and messaging and story, that that can be tricky to get customers to give you that information. So, in fact, like thinking about purchase behavior, how they move through our site, what content they're engaging with, um, whether that is email response, social response, blog reading response, um, as well as continuing to come back and repeat purchase is really valuable, that more objective um, feedback.
0: When it, when it comes to sort of hunting for that objective feedback and you're, you're trying to push them to give more detail on what they actually like about a product, how do you approach that in a way that's not going to potentially bias the results? Because obviously you're, you have an idea about what you want them to be saying, but at the same time, you don't want to be just saying, like, tell us about this, tell us what this is, kind of thing, because you might push them. Yeah, you might make the data a bit less valuable than it could be. Right, you're going like,
1: to skew because. the data.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah, how I do you think, approach that?
1: Yeah, I think there are, that's a very easy um, thing to do <laughs> is to skew your data with your own personal biases, because obviously, especially as a founder or a C-suite executive, you're coming into it with a point of view. Um, But I think there are obviously there's, you know, lots of helpful tools out there to design design customer surveys and and asking questions that are more open-ended to let customers really sort of share more than, just as an example, you know, in our case, you know, is this toothpaste mint, too minty, not minty enough? You know, that that's very, very subjective. So is that answer to that question helpful, right? Um, it, it isn't. But uh, I think, you know, thinking through about like price, price is a great component. You know, people always often will tell you that, you know, this price is too high if you give them a price to respond to. Um, that's just a sort of gut instinct that people have is to negotiate down because they feel that that adds to their value, right? So instead asking, really trying to get at value as opposed to here's a number for you to respond to, you know, if you were presented with this price, do you, you know, based on these characteristics of the product, do you believe that the value of this is, you know, excellent, good medium, et cetera. So I think trying to be as unbiased as possible, um, depending on the stage of your customer that you're trying to inquire, recognizing that, collecting as much data, understanding them before you get any feedback from them. So you have some idea of what perspective they're coming from is really important, especially for us at our stage. So in a product development cycle, We're again, we're an early stage company. Surveying people at the very beginning, getting their feedback before we really had messaging in market, they were just trying the product blindly. Um, That is helpful because it's giving us really pure, clean feedback, right? Moving on to a second stage, once we have some messaging and we're testing that, now we're setting your expectations. How does that? Now, adjust your feedback on the product. If that makes sense, right? And sort of thirdly, when we kind of try and guide you, is okay, you've been using this product for a while now. And what kind of results are you seeing? What value do you receive from that? And so, understanding, I think, where your customer is in that journey, in the funnel of customer loyalty is also important when gathering, obviously, feedback. Um, and then being able to implement that across your brand strategy, ultimately.
0: And I suppose as well with the, that very early stage testing, it gives you an opportunity to kind of test against competitors in a more effective way, because it's completely unencumbered by branding and stuff. You can literally test the product on its, its raw characteristics in that way with, uh, with potential customers. Whereas once you start introducing like well-known brands and stuff, there's going to be certain biases in the customers. Whereas looking at it at that raw level, It's going to provide more valuable, at least product data, maybe not necessarily branding data, but like product data is going to be very valuable at that stage for sure.
1: Absolutely. So we, I mean, just as an example, in terms of voice of the customer, one of the things that we did as a very early stage company um, before we even fully launched into market was we did a very, very large sampling program. Um, that gathered a lot of feedback, both customer feedback, competitor feedback, um, response to the product itself, to messaging. So um, that program ultimately really helped guide us both in terms of like, okay, here's some early strengths of this product. Here's some early weaknesses of this product. But also from then from a marketing perspective, really started to help hone that messaging. Um, How we balance innovation with tradition and how we communicate that to our customers so that we can price our product effectively, position it effectively, understand the placement of it and realize where we could get some quick wins and where we're gonna have to do longer term message development brand development education so that ultimately we're really building our business fundamentals
0: awesome awesome so this is all good from sort of the marketing perspective and the marketing function let's talk about how it how the customer feedback works in other departments and how you sort of feed that back to other departments because and I know a lot of product departments they have product roadmaps they have development cycles that they want to keep to whereas they don't really want to hear about big, wild changes that could happen to their very, very carefully thought-out plans. So, how do you communicate when there is need for change when it comes to customer feedback in the, in the product department?
1: So, I think um, as we kind of were talking about a little bit earlier, you know, data for data's sake is not helpful. Um, you have to have goals as opposed to like what you're asking, you know, what you're asking of your customers what you're asking of the data and how that may be useful. Because sometimes there are surprises, right? Sometimes you gather data and it does illuminate something that you were not expecting. So as a CMO, as you're kind of communicating with your counterparts and understanding their data needs, how voice of the customer can help them, ultimately that's the key. How can the data that you have how can your customer experiences and expectations really help them perform their role, develop the product better? You need to listen to them just like you're listening to the customer. Ultimately, like I think, you know, internally, like they're also your customers in marketing. Um, and so you need to understand their timelines, you know, listen when they are talking about what features, how they want to iterate product how long it takes um, to get inventory and what supply chain really looks like so that you know when to go and get that information from your customers and have enough time to ultimately deliver it to your peers in product or operations, et cetera, so that you can actually implement it into your business.
0: And what if there is a bit of pushback? What if, they, what if you come with this great piece of customer feedback? I'm not, I'm not saying this has happened necessarily better and better, but just hypothetically, you get pushback against this great piece of p- customer feedback about a change to the recipe or something like that. Like, How do you resolve a situation like that? Well, you, you might have the data to back it up, but at the same time, you've got to maintain your working relationship with the product team or the head of product.
1: Yeah, I think you need to do your best to advocate for the customer. Because we can, you know, voice of the customer data, you are then that voice. You are the voice of the customer. Um, And all you can do is advocate with as much um, compelling information as possible. So I think it's about understanding uh, that person's role. And what their goals and their KPIs are for their business function, separately, maybe from their passion points about the product that they're ultimately developing, right? And trying to go out and source data to sort of back up your story. And sometimes that will be more compelling with an individual customer anecdote that um, they can hear someone's voice. They can watch a focus group taking place. Um, they can actually see it and hear it for themselves. That could be really compelling to someone versus charts and, you know, compilations of collective data that could be really helpful for someone else. So I think it's about tailoring your presentation of voice of the customer to the end user. Understanding what their KPRs are. But if they keep pushing back on you, listen, businesses, I think, especially sometimes at the top, and frankly, I think these are probably less successful businesses that ignore their voice of the customer data. They are choosing to say, you know, we really believe that the market is going in this direction. We are ahead of it. We want to push this innovation potentially. Um, and, and we are going to be the leaders we know better than the customer. And I think that is going to get you in some trouble.
0: Well, it flies in the face of that classic, classic statement about business. The customer is always right. And when we when we talk about that in marketing terms, we don't necessarily mean all the time individual customers, because, of course, sometimes you do get bad customers and you get good customers. But what we mean is the customer as a whole, the customer as a body. Like that what they think about your brand is right. What you think about the brand is wrong unless you're agreeing with the customer basically. That's
1: right.
0: Yeah. Um, so when it comes to sort of the sharing of the data, like how important is transparency? Like do you like, is it all about shared dashboards or about you taking the raw data and sort of collating it and putting it together something that's understandable for other departments, I'm not saying they don't understand data, but something that's a bit more consumable for them rather than pulling over loads and loads of different data and charts.
1: I think the answer there is all. (laughs) And I think that that is because different people internalize data and use it differently um, and want to do so. So, know your customer, like know your consumer customer that's buying your product and know your internal customer. You know, I have had colleagues that are very, very data minded, they want to roll up their sleeves, and get into those dashboards. They want to get into the data themselves. And so I'm not hiding anything as a CMO. I want everyone possible to have as much access to this data as possible. So if they want that, then we are happy to provide it to them and provide it to them in a way that is usable for them. There are other people that just want the top 10 takeaways. Like, tell me what the learnings were. I don't I don't need to, you know, you do the synthesis, you do the analysis, just give me the bullets. Okay, well, then just give them the bullets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Um, so I think we've kind of focused, which is all too easy to do when it comes to customer feedback and feedback in general, really. On the negative side of feedback, like when you get like, things that need to be changed about the brand. Let's talk about sharing positive customer feedback. Why is that important? Why is it important to hear the the, the happy voice of the customer rather than the the angry voice of the customer?
1: Oh, gosh. It's easy to overlook the happy voice of the customer um, because, number one, you often don't hear from those customers as much. We know this. Um, you know, people that often are inclined to reach out are reaching out with a problem as opposed to, Hey, I love you. Um, so when you have the opportunity to share the wins, the, the happy customers that are also providing you valuable information, because who loves, you know, whoever loves your product and can articulate why they love your product, that's the customer that you want to continue to find, right? You can improve your product for people that currently have issues with it. But ultimately, from a marketing perspective, you want to say, okay, what is it about these people that do love our product and go out and find them? Um, It also is just great for morale, you know? Uh, running a business especially an early stage startup um, as a first-time founder you know it is a roller coaster <laughs> <laughs> and you know hearing from customers day in day out um, which is something I do in my role directly right now it is really wonderful to share with people uh, you know my my co-founders my staff seeing, the happy customers it makes everybody feel good it recharges you to say hey we are solving a problem for people some people can articulate that um and so it, it's really meaningful from a, a, a morale perspective i think as well
0: for sure for sure like, i think across an entire business like, it's it's always good To feel like your efforts are helping someone um to feel like you're having an impact in people's lives it's it's a positive thing exactly people who feel that about the company they work for they're going to feel more valued by the company they're working for they're going to enjoy working that company they're going to put more effort into working there they're going to be more creative when they work if they're in a creative function of course and you're going to retain employees longer who feel like they are helping people who feel like they're making a positive impact so yeah, sharing the wins, I think, is always something that needs to be done. It's something that we do forget to do so often in the business world because as we said, it's very easy to focus on the negative, to accentuate the negative too much. But yeah, there are people who like your brand out there and find out why they like that brand specifically. Like that's a, that's a very important thing to do. Um, so so customer feedback, can it change? entire processes within an organization or is it just like minor changes that customer feedback works with? like how much of an impact can customer feedback have on an organization as a whole do you think
1: oh my gosh i think to to start small to think about just the marketing function overall um putting customer feedback understanding customer feedback so both gathering it synthesizing it and then implementing it um, can completely transform your marketing organization as a CMO. it can you know it, it can make you evaluate especially if you are CMO of a very large at large organization of a large team um, that maybe either you've come in from the outside or your business is evolving and you're looking to maybe restructure. Voice of the customer is a great way to do that. Um, Understanding what your customer needs are helps you really can determine the structure of your business and your role um, and that organization. So I think that that's one very sort of small um, component of power of voice of the customer is thinking about how to structure the organization itself and the processes of how, taking in data, disseminating data, and then ultimately executing on that data, right? You have to implement the tactics that can come from the strategic insights from voice of the customer. And then I think at a um, full organization level, you know, the best companies put the customer at the middle. And so if everyone believes, you know, the the... The thing that can sometimes be tough as a CMO, because you are the voice of the customer many times, is that you feel that, you know, you want that seat at the table. Why um, are not all of your other colleagues necessarily listening in the same way when here you are presenting this meaningful, insightful data? But I think the best organizations do put the customer at the center, and it is not just the CMO that owns that relationship, but that everyone owns, has a stake in the customer and understands the importance of the customer to their role so that marketing is not the person necessarily running the focus groups. Um, Marketing is not the only person collecting that data, that your product counterparts are sitting in on those conversations. They are part of designing um, those focus groups and designing the questions and the conversations that are asked and listening as well. Um, Everybody, you know, everybody fancies themselves a marketer. And so frankly, (laughs) when you invite other people, into those conversations. You never know where great ideas, creative ideas, messaging ideas are going to come from. Um, so leveraging that voice of the customer to, to really impact the whole process of the organization can, can really matter.
0: Yeah, it's less about marketing, doing all of the, co- collecting all the customer data, whereas more marketing, creating a culture of Customer first focus, I suppose, is that that's the ideal way to go because you don't want marketing doing everything. Like they've got other things that they need to be doing besides collecting customer data and, and analyzing and stuff. um And also, I suppose as well, having this constant customer feedback loop as well, like constantly keeping touch with what your customers are—not uh, even just about the product, but what they're going through, sort of in their, their personal lives, can be quite important. Like it can help you predict sort of what is gonna be important to them in the future, like how their buying habits might change in the future. Like obviously a lot of people are concerned about cost of living and stuff at the moment across large parts of the world. So being aware of those changes through customer feedback can be very important. Is that something that you're thinking about when it comes to voice of the customer at the moment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think understanding who your customer is as best as possible while you're gathering that data from them, Um, It is really important in being able to synthesize the data and then implement and adjust tactics as for that data, right? So understanding their individual personal situation, maybe that's, you know, just even their basic demographic data, but also then like the macro trends that are happening, right? Whether that's inflation currently in the market, um, and understanding that that is impacting many 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 people um, especially when they're buying toothpaste a very essential product um, you know I think understanding that so that when you understanding those components as well as maybe their um, relationship to you as a customer so did they recently purchase have they been with you a long time um, what products are they purchasing? What are their patterns within, you know, your product portfolio, if you carry lots of SKUs, Um, being able to kind of combine those more objective components of data with their potentially subjective feedback is ultimately what's what's the powerful kind of component of evaluating, hey, this person's feedback and all of these people's feedback are saying the same thing. So then we're able to adjust our messaging, right? Maybe adjust our pricing if we need to do that um, and really improve our product roadmap for different segments of our audience.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. So we've, we've covered a lot, Mary. We've covered the importance of customer voice in terms of the marketing function, in terms of the wider business, in terms of planning ahead for the business as well. Let's... Sort of sum everything up together. Like what is the ultimate the ideal customer feedback loop? Like what are the key components? Maybe there's maybe like three golden rules of the ideal customer feedback loop if you can tie everything together that way.
1: I think I think the customer feedback loop first and foremost starts with setting a goal um, and a set of questions. So If you don't know why you're gathering data, you have no business objective as tied to this data, don't don't bother yet, (laughs) you're not ready, right? So start with setting a goal, have some idea of what questions you're trying to answer. Second, I think it's about determining then how you're going to obtain the data and the hierarchy of the data sources. So again, as a CMO, you can be the voice of the customer. It doesn't mean you own all the data. It doesn't mean you are the only representative of that customer. So talk to your colleagues. How are you going to obtain this data? Who owns this data? Where can it be? And then based on that very first question, your goals and your business objectives, what types of data are more important, right? Obviously, if you're hearing the same thing from hundreds or thousands of customers, that's really valuable. But sometimes there is a single voice or a few, a handful of voices that are articulating something in a way that is in fact um, a really valuable insight, right? And, um, or an insight that is gleaned from a advertising marketing test um, that went narrow and then you're going to expand it. So determining the hierarchy of the data is important based on your business goals. Then you got to go out and get it, right? (laughs) Everybody has to go out and get it. Step three, go get that data. On a defined timeline, it can should not be going on forever. Of course, you're going to constantly be gathering data over time, but when you are thinking about a very specific um, goal, set a timeline for it. Step four: synthesize, analyze that data, and then disseminate it. Right? And that dissemination, as we kind of talked about, really needs to be throughout that organization. So it's not just At the C-suite level, um, if that customer is valued by the company, that cascades all the way through your organization, you know, top to bottom, um, because there are valuable insights that impact everyone's role and helps them feel empowered in their role. So, making sure that as you share it out, you're sharing it out, as we discussed, like in various ways, right? The data for the data nerds. The top line bullets for the people that just want it, you know, digestible, easy, visually, if that means creating charts and graphs for people, you know, narrative, if they prefer to like read some of those open ended survey responses potentially. Um, So just thinking about how you're sharing it out. And then lastly, it's like, okay, let's go back to that original goal. What were those set of questions? And now, how do we move into? ultimately in implementation, right? So you want to have your strategies in place, which is kind of like the biggest components, but then how do you move that into tactics, right? How do you start to really focus on business fundamentals as related to customer data to really move your business forward? So from a startup perspective, the success of customer data really... You know, can impact a ton of things. Um, it can impact, right? We know product development. We talked a lot about that, um, but pricing and pricing strategy, price point, where do you want to be, as related to value of your product, uh, the positioning, your com- who your competitors are from your customers' point of view, your messaging, tasks, how do you improve copy to ultimately increase sales. And decrease customer acquisition costs, right? And then how do you slowly think about increasing customer retention by listening to your customers, improving profit margins, right? Um ultimately every aspect of your business and yeah. fundamental business KPIs, you know, really are amplified, you know, and enhanced by customer data.
0: Wow, Mary, I think the message is definitely clear about the power of the voice of the customer right there. Like So many different aspects of a business that can be impacted by it. And I'm sure many, many CMOs who are listening to this, um, so they're in full agreement of the power. It's just about yeah, being able to implement, being able to exercise the collecting the data in an effective way those are the big steps. Like it's no, You might know the power of the customer. It's about how you actually start to utilize that power that's the important thing. And I think you've given some great advice today, Mary. So thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, Will. I really uh, enjoyed our time and our conversation and look forward to listening to more in the future.
0: Oh, thank you very much, Mary. And thank you very much to our audience as well. I'm sure you found this a very, very useful episode of CMO Convo. Um, And we'll be back more with with those conversations very soon. Like what you heard from this CMO Convo? Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.